Howdy and hello. Welcome to Honky Tonk Happy Hour with the University of New Mexico Honky Tonk Ensemble, co-facilitated by... I'm Christina Jacobson, and I play acoustic guitar and steel guitar. Christina co-facilitates with... My name is Alex McMahon. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico. My primary instrument is the guitar. And we are the ensemble this fall. I'm Eva Stricker. I'm from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I play the fiddle. This is Kevin from Los Angeles, now of Albuquerque. I'm here to play my guitar. This is Frank. I'm from the uh, Boston area originally, but I've been in Albuquerque a long time, and I play rhythm guitar. I'm Aubrey from northern New Mexico, and I play the bass. Join us on our honky-tonkin' adventure. We've got a special show today. We are happy to feature local New Mexican artist Michael Moxie and the Easy Sinners. The Honky Tonk Ensemble has played quite a few gigs opening for this group, and I remember Michael told me once after a show that his songs were all true. We'll get to hear some about that, as well as three tunes from Michael Moxie's latest album, Heartbreakers Rodeo. This podcast is our last before a compilation of all the tunes we've performed this semester. To put a cherry on top of a wild ride, we are excited to present a collaboration between the Honky Tonk Ensemble and the UNM Songwriting Course. The selected song will be announced and played at the end of this episode, but to kick things off... We have an original tune from one of our own, Frank, called Teardrops on My Shoulder. Now your teardrop on my shoulder We're so scared of getting older Let's go walking by the river Although you're right, it's over now Remember how Look right through Remember Look right through you Let's go walking By the river Although you're right It's over now One of these days Oh It's too 
and Michael Moxie. You're from where? Well, uh, I was from my birth. I was from Santa Fe. Uh, that's the capital of New Mexico and the oh. highest state capital in the United States. Um, but then I moved down to Albuquerque uh, when I was two and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there I lived um, in Albuquerque, but then I moved and lived in about every other state, just about. And I lived in Denver three different times. I lived in uh, Los Angeles, San Diego, Austin, Indianapolis. I lived in North Carolina when I was like a toddler, three-year-old, four-year-old or something, or five-year-old. Uh, so I've been around in, in all manners. <laughs> <laughs> I've been across this great nation of ours. Um, so I think it, it's a unique perspective that I think helps when it comes not only personally in meeting people and having different perspectives and not being from one certain part. Like, I'm, like I never left the South or I've never been outside of, uh, of Oregon or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's a valuable thing, not only uh, personally and professionally, but also as far as music. Um, uh, because you, I think you're exposed to a wide range of things and exposed to a wide range of uh, opinions and how people live. So, I think it's a, I think it's a positive. I didn't think about it was so positive. When I was like in seventh grade and moving for the 80th time. <laughs> you know, like, Seems like a, a lot of um, emphasis in a lot of the songs you write mm-hmm. are about places, and I think that's something that's so interesting with a lot of the songs that you write is in a couple lines you've painted like this huge portrait. And I think you're really good at, at scenery, but then also like interaction with scenery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, writing is so, um, I didn't, I've always been a writer, but always been, always been a writer and, a, and a, like a visual artist. Um, and then when I got involved with country music as a joke, 
way back in ye old 1999, back in the olden times. Um, it started off as a joke, and the only songs I wrote were joke songs because my experience with country was either the appeal to the hee-haw aspect of it, which I loved growing I loved hee-haw growing up, um, and the, you know, gloom, despair, and agony on me, that kind of like, woo-hoo, you know, kind of like the typical bathos and pathos of country music, <laughs> that kind of like, you know, stereotypical jokey kind of stuff. Um, so I was really drawn to that, and I was writing songs like Chuck Driving Lovers on the Road, and and um, it is what it is for that for those times. But then, as I started uh, getting deeper into country and the roots of the music, and started being exposed to more artists, um, I started um, changing my writing, and even up and through a uh, band I was in called Lovers and Leavers about six years ago. I was still, I'm still on the fence. I was writing more serious stuff, but also still writing like sort of funny stuff. And then when I decided to do my own stuff and do my own album, I just fully dived into that stuff that you're talking about, the real heart of writing mm -hmm. and being able to craft a narrative that is both, um, that, that paints a visual picture with words, but also um, contains language and thoughts that appeal directly to people's hearts or emotions. So it's kind of like like two sides of it. Like you want to you want to give enough um, background information and information on the atmosphere and the things that are surrounding the story to give the story context, and then you try to connect. Um, the emotions with that context to create a song. This is the starting tune, Tiger's Stripes from Heartbreakers Rodeo. So I 
like you're you're kind of talking about your music having a sense of like accessibility. And I think that's something I never really considered when I was younger listening to to country and western music because mm-hmm. so much of it was like you know it was it was dinosaur music and yeah. growing up I mean that was that was the music my dad and my dad's dad listened to. So it was like it was a constant growing up that it was always like Bob Wills and um like Ernest Tubb and like there was all this stuff that was that was always played when I was a kid and I would hear it and I would just think like oh I hate this. They just they whine and like the steel guitar I hated it. And it's funny now because I I play it and I have such an adoration for it but it's like when I was a kid it was just like oh turn it off. Yeah. And I could never I never really saw it as as um any type of like inclusivity in the music it always just seemed like this isn't for me and i think um as i've gotten older and as you're able to kind of like get past some of like the idioms as as far as like you know the stereotypes and that kind of thing i think lyrically a lot of the yeah even thinking of like hank williams senior like a lot of those songs i think are still relevant today yeah because it it's all these you know it it's emotionally like really loaded and you know people just experiencing difficult times in their lives and like there's a certain kind of timelessness in that they um yes and i will take it a step further and say uh country and western music is not for children and what i mean by that is <laughs> when you're growing up like in my house it was my dad played Waylon, and we had like the pop stuff of the day was around the John Denvers, and you know there was always like like we didn't own it, but you know who Johnny Cash was, and Dolly Parton, and um, Glenn Campbell, um, you know those kind of larger than life figures, um, but you didn't know the the music, and it didn't appeal to you because it was about hardship and loss and drinking and relationships and cheating. And on the surface of that, when you say those things, you immediately, you know, if you're a music person, a music fan of any sort, you say, oh, those must be country songs because it's become such a stereotype in a sense. But it's also the strength of the music. It's the ability to tell stories. It's the ability to go deeper into subjects that other, I don't think other genres necessarily either do or take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the songs <clears throat> that I would hear when I was in my teens, I'd be like, this is dumb. And then you go back and you hear something like, he stopped loving her today. And after, after breakups, after you know having hangovers, after losing jobs, after all the things that you go through, you connect with the message and it resonates more because you've had those experiences that you don't have on your kill. And then initially, the reason they're called stereotypes is because they are stereotypes in this case. It's all things we go through. It's loss. It's cheating. It's it's the the story of of people. And I think that's what appeals to me is the story of it. Is your is you're connecting with someone on an emotional level um, that I don't think. Uh, that I think you can, obviously, in different ways. I mean, if you can be very emotional listening to, you know, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs or, or REM or whoever. Um, 
I'm just saying as far as storytelling, I think country is obviously kind of the, 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 the place, the well, the soul of that. Yeah. No, I, I so agree. It, and, it, and it is one of those things where you can listen to any, any particular song in different, you know, points of your life and it means something completely different and it and it speaks to feelings or emotion or you know it salts wounds or it you know it, it can actually like be like a like a healing it's like actually i'm okay like i've gone through difficult things and i'm able to you know be here now and, and kind of look back on things and like move forward mm-hmm. Do you can you think of like a, a particular song that was like the like where it just kind of clicked was was there like a like an aha moment yeah and it's a weird one so i went to uh, like i said growing up we had all those influences around and by the time the the early 80s came around and i was starting to invest more music on the radio and stuff i was way into tom petty early tom petty and way into the cars um and kind of you know the more accessible end of rock, new wave kind of stuff. Um, and then when I could start buying my own music and records and got into high school, um, I just went, by the mid eighties, I was completely into alternative rock. And it was all R.E.M. and U2 and New Order and The Smiths and The Cure. And that was just, that's was my lifestyle. And that's what I chose to listen to. So from the mid eighties up until um, the mid nineties, I mean, that's literally all I did. And then I got into radio in the mid nineties into alternative rock and then got to play those artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really, I mean, I didn't, country music wasn't on my radar in the least. Um, and then I started getting a little bit into, like I circled back and I was like, there was Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. I lived in San Diego for, a year when I was a kid, but that was 1976. So everywhere was Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. That's all <laughs> I heard it in the air. And it just resonated with me for whatever reason. Um, but other classic rock, I just hated. And then I worked in a liquor store and they played only classic rock, which made me hate it more. So in the mid late nineties, <laughs> like, well, maybe I'll give this another chance. So I'm listening to the Rolling Stones. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I've always really kind of liked the Rolling Stones. Um, you know, but you know, when I was a kid, it was the, it was some girls and tattoo you. Um, so it wasn't like the classic late sixties, early seventies stuff. Sure. Sure. I started getting into those and then backtrack. And my friend gave me, um, some greatest hit CDs. I take those and listen to them. I'm like, God, this is really cool. So I started really getting into the Rolling Stones. So I watched the movie, um, give me shelter, um, from Altamont. And there's a point in like a left turn out of nowhere. It's all this darkness and yeah, stones. Like, and here's here's the opening band for the show at Altamont, <laughs> playing Burrito Brothers. And I'm like, what is this? They're playing six days on the road. Yeah. They're loving it and jumping around. I'm like, this is country, but they don't look country. They look yeah. like hippie weirdos. <laughs> and so my friend, Don Mickey, um, was starting a band called Breaker One Night. And I played guitar, and he's like, do you want to play in my band with me? Okay. 
well, here are the songs we, we want to play, all as jokes, uh, and we want to do Six Days on the Road. And I'm like, Six Days on the Road? I know that song! <laughs> because of Graham Parsons and the Flying Burrito Brothers and yeah. connection to Ultima. So I can probably legitimately say I may be the only person who has ever been turned on to country music by Altamont. <laughs> hey, my name is Michael Moxie. Uh, this is my song Shining For Me from the album Heartbreakers Rodeo here on the UNM Honky Tonk Ensemble podcast. Someone out there 
somewhere Just shining for me Alex and Michael on the subject of Graham Parsons. Got way into Graham Parsons, and that kind of started me on the path that brought you and me in the same universe. And yeah, no, and how how funny is it that like because me getting into Graham Parsons was a it was a completely different trajectory because mm-hmm. I got into him. I was like so infatuated by the birds. And I loved like the early birds recordings and all like the Dylan covers Mm -hmm. and like the production of a lot of those albums. I was just like so lost in and being like a, like a young kid, like I was always a completist because it's like, it, it meant like I had to go to a record store, like a, you know, go to thrift stores or Goodwill or whatever, because I needed to have like everything and I wanted to listen to it chronologically. Yeah. 
And it was going from, I guess, uh, oh, why am I forgetting the name of the, the album right before Sweetheart of the Rodeo um, by the Birds. The Notorious Bird Brothers. Yeah, so that album, because that was when uh, David Crosby was still in the band. Uh, it was, what was that, like, yeah, 1968. So it's kind of a pivotal time, and it's like a year before Crosby stills in Nash. And, like, there's a couple, not necessarily duds on this album, but not, like, not very strong songs, and I loved it. And it was weird, a lot of tape flange and, and like, you know, production of the time that was kind of like, they kind of phoned it in. So then listening to that, it's like, okay, I got to get the next one. And it's Sweetheart of the Rodeo. And I remember I found it at Hastings and I thought like, oh, this is this is really funny because they're making fun of like country music. Yeah. So I thought that there was some kind of inside thing. And I remember, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, put it in my car. And the first song comes on and I'm just like, I hate this. Yeah. And I went to the next song, like the Christian life. I hate this. Put on the next one, you know, and, and the next one and the next one. And I just kept thinking, like, well, where's the, like, 12-string? Where's all the, like, you know, the pretty harmonies? Where's the Dylan songs? And for so long, like, I hated that album. It was just, I was completely just, like, turned off. And I just, like, kept listening to it. It was, like, this weird, fascinating, you know, it's like you, you scratch a scab or something. It's like, you know you're not supposed to, but you do it anyway. And it... I guess in kind of reading the liner notes and they're referencing all these other names that growing up, I was always told because my dad would always be like, oh, well, you should get so-and-so's records because like, I bet you'd love the guitar on it. Yeah. And just because I'm just like a naturally cynical and stubborn person, I was like, no, <laughs> only because you're telling me. And it it led me to like, I'm hearing the birds, you know, covering those songs. And then I would go back and listen to the original. And realizing like, oh, that's really cool because like they're doing something that is very, you know, innovative and kind of groundbreaking, but in like not a, a Dayglo paint and, you know, fractal stuff and LSD. And it, it, they were still probably doing drugs, but it was like, let's really do this honestly and let's go to Nashville and let's have like actual, you know, J.D. Mattis and Lloyd Green and all these these people that were on like these, you know, monumental albums. And it was it was funny because at first that album was so divisive and I just hated it, yeah. and then eventually it was just like I gotta I gotta learn more about this. And then, you know, this this dude Graham Parsons, I go, who's that? Why is he making the band country? So yeah. then, you know, reading like autobiographies and all kinds of stuff and like International Submarine Band. Well, what's that all about? Please. You get that, and it's phenomenal. And then, yeah, the, the Burrito Brothers, too. Like, it was so cool that it's, it's um, there's the integrity of, like, country music, mm-hmm. but with this kind of, like, I don't know, like, new blood. Like, it was, um, it was young, and it was exciting, and it was kind of, like, I don't know, kind of the product of the times, but it wasn't necessarily fitting the mold. And it, yeah. if anything, it kind of broke the mold. And I think for, for me... Yeah, getting getting Sweetheart of the Rodeo and, and having that time to let it, I don't know, acclimate or, or, or allowing myself to listen to it, you know, not for not for what it was, but for what it kind of signified as as far as like your taste in music can expand and and American music as as we know it 
is this thing that's like, um, you know, you have all these different influences that can totally, you know, kind of get mixed together. And it can be a really good thing. And then, you know, listening to the Burrito Brothers, that's that's what introduced me to Doug Somm, too. And yeah. Sir Douglas Quintet was just like, oh, this is so cool, because it's, it's funky in a way that, like, you know, music from Texas has, like, this added substance of whatever sort is just and 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 it's it's funny because I, I think Graham, Graham Parsons was definitely the person that made me listen to country music and like take it take it seriously and, and try to actually like participate yeah he was the connecting tissue to the Rolling Stones and hanging out with them at uh, Nelco when they were doing uh, Excel on Main Street and getting kicked out because he was doing too many drugs yeah. More than Keith Richards. <laughs> yeah. back to the whole like uh, story idea uh, uh, of how people think about country music, but um, you know, we we grew up with, like rock stars. We're the craziest. Oh my goodness! I wonder what Kiss does backstage. They must be zany. And then you start realizing that the real lives of Merle Haggard, of George Jones. Of Graham Parsons, yeah, are the they were the real quote unquote rock stars as far as excess and craziness and gun shooting and drugs, <laughs> liquor, and not going to shows and riots. I mean, I, that part appealed to me as well because growing up, you know, it was like Jimi Hendrix, you crazy dude, and I love Hendrix. Don't get me wrong, but he was no crazier or less crazier than Graham Parsons. <laughs> And so you start getting sucked in, I think, from those kind of versions and then getting into the real, the hardcore stuff, um, which is what I ended up doing and just going way, way into Mer Merle Haggard, who I consider probably the greatest honky-tonk, straight honky-tonk artist. Um, Buck Owens, who would be second as well. And George Jones, who was just a great song stylist not a great writer or anything but just a great you know just was a great deliverer of songs sure and kind of like the holy trinity of that era and then you have waylon on top of that who's probably my favorite overall maybe along with merle um and willie too and those guys were busting you know busting out in the mid late 70s Hey, my name is Michael Moxie. You're listening to the UNM Honky Tonk Ensemble podcast. And this is my song, Easier Roads, from the album Heartbreakers Rodeo. Fought old patch trash, took off my ass, made some great escapes. I got married way too early way too late Rodeo New Mexico saw Texas from the south Oh boy, you're gonna find most people they're all hat and no cattle Some are easier roads But don't go down the ones that I chose But let it go Get locked down by your guilt Cause you ain't your 
Jump that fence. Is, is there anybody that stands out to you like currently that's that's doing something that <clears throat> that that is kind of tapping in to kind of everything we've been talking about because I feel like there's a there's like a level of like authenticity and it's it's people writing from a perspective of like this is this is me like there's a there's a really genuine quality to that. Yeah. In that, you know, you can write songs about things that you're not necessarily proud of, but it's yeah. like that's like part of the maybe like catharsis or that's part of the thing that makes it relatable. And yeah, yeah I mean, is is there anybody that you think like in like, I don't know, last last few years that, that's kind of like carrying on that that tradition? Uh, I would say as far as a writing standpoint um, for the. I haven't been as much into his writing the last couple albums, but I would say Jason Isbell's writing was super good, um, and the stuff he was doing on Southeastern. Uh, musically, he's um, not necessarily always in the um, not always on the same page with him musically necessarily, but definitely um, Speed Trap Town songs like that. Um, if we were vampires, I mean, just really great stuff like that. Uh, I would say musically. Um, I love Mar uh, Marty Stewart's last couple albums. Um, he's actually playing Clarence White's Clarence White's um, B Bender that was used on Sweetheart of the Rodeo. Yeah. 
Um, I like um, Sturgill Simpson's first two albums. I think were really, really good, and he has some some good some good writing and some really awesome. He's a guitar player at the time. Um, Lars Jometz. I think I mispronounced that. An Estonian guy. Yeah, no, and just like a absolute titan. Just so so tasteful. Let's see. I, my love of Margot Price is well known, although her first album was definitely more country, and this last album was definitely more Tom Petty-ish, uh, rockish, which is cool too. I like all of those things. Um, who else? Uh, Mike and the Moon Pies, I think, is a great Texas band that I think kind of adheres more than those others to the traditional honky tonk, you know, sawdust, wood dance floor, Texas kind of feel. Mm -hmm. um, they're super awesome and their players um, are amazing um, and they're so good live um, Zephaniah O'Hora just came out with an album um, that a gentleman we both know John Graboff played extensively on Yeah, praised as one of the best throwback country albums of the Merle Haggerty kind of uh, style Yeah, about um, Shooter Jennings stuff is pretty good. Another um, another Nashville band, Teddy and the Rough Riders. My friend Luke, who was in Margot Price's band, plays with them. Um, and he played on my second album stuff. Um, who else? Who else is on my list? Jamie Wyatt, she's really good. So I think there's a good well of people. And then there's also like a well of people that I just won't listen to. This is gonna sound really weird because I don't want to be overtly influenced by certain people. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Or, or, um, or they're just a little bit out of my zone or range. Like I don't listen to like red dirt stuff. A lot of people are like super into like Cody Jenks and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that's great. And it's, there's nothing against it. I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying I, I'm really conscious of, trying to keep my writing voice separate. Musically, I, def I definitely cop to like, oh, I really like what this song sounds like, let's try to do that. But writing is all, I try to be as unique or just me as possible. So I kind of don't want to get those influences. And I listen to a lot of outs, you know, lately I've been listening to a lot of outside stuff to get ideas, like really out of stuff you'd never think I'd listen to, just to let's <laughs> a palette, just get different approaches to writing ideas. Thank you, Alex and Michael Moxie. Now it's time to announce the selected original song from the songwriting class of fall 2020. The UNM songwriting course is a mixture of students and community members. The class was asked to co-write a country tune based on the prompt, five years from now. The selection committee was comprised of Meredith Wilder, who was interviewed on our last episode. UNM music theory professor and member of the band Cactus Tractor, David Bashwinner, and our very own co-facilitator, Alex McMahon. All of these songs were given feedback, and the selected song was, drumroll, a collaborative effort of Amber Carrillo and Jackie Jones. Hello, I'm Amber Carrillo. Me and co-writer Jackie Jones wrote the song you'll be hearing tonight called The Other View, performed by the UNM Honky Tonk Ensemble. I really want to congratulate them for doing an amazing job and taking up our song. I hope you appreciate it. And without further ado, here's the other view. Yesterday as we were walking home 
Amber's co-writer for the song The Other View. Thank you again to UNM Honky Tonk Ensemble for putting that fabulous song together. It was really neat to hear a song we wrote come to life, so thank you for that. Um, to tell you a little bit about how the song came to be, Amber and I were discussing where we came from and where we want to be. So Amber grew up in southern New Mexico in a rural setting, but now has a strong preference for living in the city. I, however, grew up in Denver, lived in a city most of my life, and now I want nothing to do with the city, and I would live in the middle of nowhere if I could. 
So we had fun discussing that contrast and developing that into a song. Um, so thank you again to the ensemble and thank you to everyone who listened today. Thank yous all around. Thank you to Alex and thank you to Michael Moxie and thank you, Jackie and Amber. That's all we got for you folks. Catch you next time.